Lord Jesus, it is you who wakes me up every day. And I am forever grateful for your love. This is why I pray. You let me touch so many people. And it's all for the good. I influenced so many children. I never thought that I would. And I couldn't take credit for the love they get. Because it all comes from you, Lord. I'm just the one that's giving it. And when it seems like the pressure gets to be too much, I take time out and pray. And ask that you be my crutch. Lord, I am not perfect by a long shot. I confess to you daily. But I work harder every day. And I hope that you hear me. In my heart, I mean well. But if you'll help me to grow, then what I have in my heart will begin to show. And when I get going, I'm not looking back for nothing. Because I will know where I'm headed. And I'm so tired of suffering. I stand before you, a weakened version of your reflection. Begging for direction. For my soul needs resurrection. I don't deserve what you've given me, but you never took it from me. Because I am grateful and I use it. And I do not worship money. If what you want from me is to bring your children to you, my regret is only having one life to do it instead of two. Jesus, let us pray. Father, please walk with us through the bad times as well as the good. May we be heard and understood from the suburbs to the hood. May you judge us by our hearts and not by our mistakes. And see that we get a breakthrough, however long that it takes. May you fill that void in our souls that will lay our fears to rest. Because there's no way we can live for Jesus when we're living in the flesh. So I pray that you allow our spirits to be born, grow strong, move on, know right from wrong. First John chapter 2 verse 15. Do not love the world or anything in the world. And we know what that means. But listen, we know the distance we need to be away from fire to keep it missing. That doesn't mean we'll listen. Lord, you take care of fools and babies. You teach women to honor their men and men respect their ladies. But lately, so many of us have gone astray. Doing wrong for so long that we've forgotten the way. Please bring us back home, instill in us the word which is our backbone, which is children that act grown. There was so much that we were entitled to, yet we received so little. Because in this time of spiritual warfare, we're comfortable in the middle. So I pray that you open our eyes, give us the anointing to recognize the devil and his lies. If we keep our actions wise and our prayers sincere, our heads to the sky, you will diminish our fears. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed, amen and amen. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 189 of the Hoots Podcast. We are 11 episodes away for eclipsing the 200 benchmark of this fantastic pro wrestling slash life podcast. Welcome to the show, everybody. My name is Joshi Lopez. You can follow me on Twitter at the Hoots Podcast. I am on Instagram, Joshi Lopez 94. That's J O S H I E Lopez 94. Also, have a music page on Instagram at Josh Lopez Music. Uh, you can check out my play by play transcriptions of all your favorite pro wrestling talk shows, uh, pay per views, documentaries. 
anything and above the sun on ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. And finally, you can check me out every single week on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday as part of Hooded Lopez with the one and only Jonathan Hood from ESPN 1000. I hope you guys are having a wonderful week. It's World Rumble Week, so um, lots to get to. Um, I'm kind of glad that I didn't have a pay-per-view that I had to recall in the back of my head before we started recording the show today because, man, it's been nonstop, guys. You know, you had Wrestle Kingdom. You had uh, the Hard to Kill pay-per-view that happened uh, last week as well. It's just a lot of wrestling to document. Um, actually, TakeOver Blackpool, obviously. I can't uh, forget about that. There's just a lot of wrestling that's been going on, and it was kind of cool to take a step back and relax a little bit this week. Uh, I think the only thing I did article-wise over the weekend was the uh, Broken Skull Session uh, podcast with Kane, which was a cool episode. If you guys haven't watched any of the Broken Skull Session episodes on the WWE Network with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Please do. I think you get something out of it. It's been um, it's been a enjoyable experience watching those episodes on the WWE Network. Uh, anyways, uh, we got a lot to get into this week because we got three pay-per-views to <laughs> predict this week. We got NWA Hard Times, which is taking place tomorrow as I record this on a Thursday. Uh, you can get your pay-per-view uh, bought for NWA on Fight TV. I think the last time I checked, it was 20 bucks. So uh, I'll be making predictions for NWA Hard Times and just tell you how excited I am for that brand and that product later on. Also, uh, we'll be making predictions for WWE Worlds Collide, which is taking uh, place this Saturday at the Toyota Center in Houston, Texas. Uh, the city of Houston could use some positive energy. Uh, right, not only did they give up a 24-0 uh, lead in the AFC Divisional Playoff game, but they also are the center of the universe when it comes to cheating and buzzards. So, uh, <laughs> um, I want to give a shout out to the good brother B. Rob Downer. He's a good person. He's he's actually the positive soul down there in Houston, Texas. He doesn't do anything shady. That's B. Rob. So, <laughs> by the way, go check out B. Rob show at um. Ran, um, random ramblings with Rob or the 3R show. Uh, I'm, it's pretty easy to find. Rob's the man. Um, other things on the podcast, we got the return of the Thoughts of Derrico. Yes! I decided to uh, not include a regular WWE clip uh, as part of the intro this week because I wanted to bring back a uh, an element that we had on this show from the past. I think you guys heard it at the beginning of the show. Um, the original uh, DMX prayer intro with the Chris Brown no bullshit instrumental in the instrumental in the background. Um, yeah, I had a, I had a blast making that intro in the past, and I wanted to spice it up a little bit more and add a second prayer to the list because it, it's adds some positive vibes. Kind of gives you the detail of how I am as a person and uh, try to spread around some positive energy and make your day better and start uh, ha- having you um, have the ability to think for yourself and uh, gain some context on some life issues that you're going through. So um, no personal monologue this week, by the way. Uh, I'm going to push that to the side for the next couple weeks because we got to get through all the rumble stuff and start getting to WrestleMania season, right? Uh, but I do have a monologue for this week. But r- before we move on, um, again, as far as the show's concerned, we will be making predictions for all the pay-per-views this weekend. I also, uh, take some time to finally talk about AEW and, um, NXT since, uh, we weren't able to record Hood and Lopez for whatever reason last week, so, um, I'll be able to, uh, give you my thoughts on what happened on the, uh, Jericho Cruise and what I saw on NXT last night. And then, um, of course, this week in WWE and all that fun stuff. So, finally, before we get to the shindig of this uh, wrestling extravaganza, um, make sure to subscribe to the podcast right now on Apple Podcasts. Follow it on Spotify and Stitcher. Tell a friend, uh, tell a friend about it. The show, please leave us a four or five star review 
on Apple Podcasts. Leave us an honest review. I want to know what you guys like and dislike about the show. I'm always open to constructive criticism. I want to get your guys' feedback on the show. And um, it helps uh, reach out to other people and uh, let them know where the Hoots Podcast is at and support your boy. Make sure to uh, subscribe to the pod if you enjoy what we're doing every single week. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I uh, hope you guys have a wonderful week. Like I said, it's been uh, busy on my end. Um, excited to get this weekend kind of over with in a way. As much as I am excited, uh, this is the part of being the transcriber and covering these events over the last five years. You kind of get to a point where now it's like, not only can I not like sit back and just watch a show anymore as a fan since I'm transcribing practically every show that's out there right now besides like Woe or Ring of Honor. Oh, my bad. Wow or Ring of Honor. Uh, but like I had to pause every five seconds. I, I can't like really take in what's happening, but it's going to be a little different this week because I'm not covering the Royal Rumble live this Sunday. I'm going to be watching it live at my uncle's house, and then I'm going to be doing the transcript later on that night going into Monday morning. So, you know, to have the ability to run my own website, I have the privilege to deliver out these transcripts when I can, and I want to make them right. That's why I put a lot of detail into these uh, articles, and I hope you guys enjoy them. I really spent a lot of time into these. Um, it's kind of cool to um, be where I am right now in my life where uh, most of my income is covered from this show and the articles I do every month. It, I'm making more, <laughs> honestly, I'm making more money now doing this than I am working at my uncle's tattoo shop. So, you know what? I, I'm beyond beyond grateful for each and every single one of you who listen to this podcast every single week. The fact that we pass over 100,000 listeners and downloads on Anchor is pretty awesome. Uh, I'm kind of hoping maybe we could get past 150 or maybe 200,000 people before we get to the 200th episode. That'd be really humbling. Uh, either way, I, I want to thank you guys again, as always, for the support that you give this podcast every single week. So let's have some fun, shall we? Yes. <laughs> uh, for those wondering, the thoughts of Derko will be at the end of this week's podcast. But the monologue this week uh, involves a topic that I'm very uh, passionate about because obviously it's the reason why I'm speaking to you right now. And it's the reason why I decided to become a professional broadcaster about six or seven years ago. Um, You know, looking back at where we are in the landscape of professional wrestling and commentary, um, I wonder... Are, are are the announcers really help helping the companies that they're working for? Like, let's take a step back. Let's 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 look at the big picture and look at all the commentators drawn for every wrestling show right now. Do you feel like the guys who are responsible to narrate what we're watching every single week, whether it's AEW or WWE or NWA or Impact? Do you feel like they're doing a good enough job to curtail the stories to you and understand what's going on in the ring? Because I think it's so easy and lazy at times to just, like, watch a show and just, uh, you know, just grab your phone and immediately say that, hey, this storyline doesn't make sense on paper. You're trying to watch as a promo segment's going along or a match or something happens backstage and you're like, Oh, why is this happening? Why is that happening? I think, uh, unfortunately, a lot of people tune out commentary, and I think that's a shame because commentary is the reason why I became a wrestling fan. Uh, I've always said it on the show that if I was ever to work in the wrestling business, I wanted to be the next JR. I never wanted to be a wrestler. I never wanted to be a referee. I never wanted to be... Uh, a manager, a booker, a writer. I just wanted to be an announcer. I wanted to be the next JR and uh, spurhead the next era of WWE on commentary. And 
Well, I haven't had a chance to actually be behind an uh, actual pro wrestling uh, announce booth or table at an indie show. It's something that I am thinking about doing soon, and um, I take a lot of notes. And I, I mentioned before, for those who listened to the podcast in the past, that the commentators are really the ultimate point of reference for me when it comes to the transcripts I make, because without them tell the story and what the dates of these particular moves are, I'm lost. Just like you guys just watching at home, you're just seeing all these cool moves. You don't know what's happening. You don't know why. Uh, that's why I kind of break down the sequences and the parts of the matches that I do for each show that I transcribe. And you know, I think I think guys like Maranao, Nigel McGinnis, Kevin Kelly. Uh, Don Callis, the list goes on and on because I've learned literally about <laughs> I don't know a hundred or two hundred different styles of wrestling movesets over the last four years from these guys and it's all part of repetition right? You have repetition in any line of work that you're doing for example if you're a producer you have repetition of how to set up your commercial breaks and how you have the behind the scenes aspects of your sports or music talk show that you're doing on radio. Uh, for example, this. Uh, I've been <laughs> recording podcasts since 2013. <laughs> so <laughs> I think I kind of got a groove of it. I wouldn't say I'm perfect. I wouldn't say that I'm the best. But I think my work uh, speaks for itself. Uh, rep- repetition is very important. Repetition in the website that I have. Uh, I wouldn't be able to... like watch a show and not constantly pause and look for a name of a move on the internet if I didn't take the time to actually do the research, listen to the commentary and, you know, have the repetition. It, it, it's kind of like a natural thing. Yes, it's like a tick. Like, when I watch a... When I cover a New Japan show, I know what I'm getting myself into. Like, I can kind of tell what sequences are going to happen. So it helps me when it comes to transcribing a match that's going on. And sometimes that happens with AEW. Sometimes it doesn't. Because a lot of what I see in AEW is stuff that I already saw in Ring of Honor. Where you have tag matches that make no sense logically. There's barely stories told in the ring. And it's just spots all over the place. And I guess for people that just thrive on adrenaline and frenetic wrestling. Or as Hoodie would say, uh, video game wrestling. I mean, the wrestling is all about being subjective, right? I, I say it every single week. Every wrestling show is subjective. It's all flavors of ice cream. But for the announcers, I think it is very important to have a distinct style of wrestling, at least to tell a story of what's going on. You can, I don't say you need to have a match. You don't need every match to be a 15-minute, you know, chin lock, arm bar, arm drag festival, you know. But um, it's one thing to have a frenetic pace, but there's also a time if you're an announcer, how the hell are you going to digest a match that's like moving at the rate of Sonic the Hedgehog, you know? You know, you're trying to tell, you're trying to put over these characters, you're trying to tell the story of these rivalries that are going on, uh, you're trying to name the moves, all this shit that's going on. Like, how, like, how can you do it? And I give props to guys like Mar Riddell and Kevin Kelly because I think they are the best at it with that right now. One of the reasons I appreciate what Joe Galley and Stu Ben are doing right now on the NWA Power Show is that not only are they doing good commentary, they're allowed to tell the stories because in the NWA, they have good wrestling, they have guys that do dies, but they're telling stories in the ring and less is more and... I think that's an element that some people don't care for. You know, it's all about the spots and we're in this ADD culture right now where if you're not doing uh, a corkscrew placha to the floor 30 seconds into the match, you're just stalling time. And that's why I don't understand why people rip 
on a guy like Baron Corbin because, yeah, he does chin locks and he does stuff, but that's the point. He's a heel. He's making you bad. He wants you to root on for the good guy when he's wearing him down with elbows and chin locks. That, that's the part of his character that he's doing. So, you know, when you hear Corey Graves basking King Corbin in, you know, <laughs> he's like, it, uh, he's tuning out what everybody says about him. That's the point. Graves is the heel commentary, uh, heel commentator on SmackDown, basically being the devil's advocate for every single thing that King Corbin does. That's his role in commentary. It works. People boo Baron Corbin for because what he does in the ring is good. What he does on the mic is good. It would be one thing if people are sitting on their hands and not doing anything. But you can't tell me Bear Corbin is not good just because he does chin locks. He's doing his job. <laughs> so I think commentary is very important. I mentioned it here on this show. I mentioned it on Hood and Lopez. I think a lot of the reasons why I haven't really been marking out for every single AEW show is because I think their commentary group and just the flow of their show is all over the place. <laughs> and it sucks for me saying that because Jim Ross is the reason why I got hooked into wrestling in the first place. But I want to hear Jim Ross. I want to hear the the Jim Ross, the play-by-play guy. I don't want to hear uh, grilling with JR Jim Ross. You know, I don't want to hear podcast JR. And I think AEW has an issue right now because we need to define what roles are we doing here. Whether you like it or not, and the fact that WWE overproduces everything, blah, 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 but you know what is and what's not. Michael Cole is the play-by-play guy. Corey Grace is the color analyst. Mara Nall is the play-by-play guy. Nigel McGinnis and Beth Phoenix are the color analysts. You have defined roles. You need to have defined roles in your commentary. Or you're going to be talking all over each other like you do on AEW. Hell, you want to you know why Kevin Kelly is so good at what he does? He's able to traffic cop audibly. Three other guys standing next to him when they do a four-man booth in New Japan. You have Gino Gambino, who's fantastic, by the way. You got Rocky Romero, who comes in from time to time. And you got the stats and uh, info guy in Chris Charlton. But still, guys are not stepping over each other. It's not... Uh, it's not all over the place. Yes, they do a lot of fast sequences and a lot of matches in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Trust me, I know. <laughs> it's not AEW uh, exclusive that I'm talking about here, but like, we need to have defined roles. Is Excalibur the play-by-play guy or JR? Like, I need to know that stuff. And I, I think a lot of times uh, we kind of have a blind eye towards commentary because a lot of people don't like Michael Cole. They feel like he takes away from the show. But I think for anybody that would understand what he has to do in his position and what he has to promote, um, I think people would have a different perspective on him. Hell, there's been times when I've written Michael Cole. And I'm not going to backtail and say, I'm not going to backtail and hide from what I said. I'm not that type of person. So, um, I don't know. That's just my thoughts. It's something that bothers me. I wish uh, commentary as a whole in the, the entire landscape would be better. Because uh, I think it's just lazy just to say, oh, this storyline doesn't make sense. Well, maybe you didn't get a proper explanation of what's going on through the commentary. You know, I sit back and watch a lot of these shows multiple times a week. <laughs> uh, sometimes firsthand, and then when I transcribe the show, and I get a different perspective, because here's the thing, when you're transcribing the show, and you have headphones like I do, you can hear everything. You can notice what, what's going on. That's why I rip Jerry Lawler on times on Twitter, because he does. he has nothing to the show right now. He has absolutely nothing to the show. I think the King has watered down Vic Joseph in a ways that I feel bad for him because Vic Joseph was really, really, really good on NXT UK and uh, 205 Live. So that's my bottom line. I, I, feel, I feel like the state of wrestling announcing can be a lot better. 
And I think we need to have, have defined roles because it's one thing to digest and try to be Sad the Hedgehog and be the smartest guy in the room and name all these fancy moves. I can do that at the in the articles, but we have to narrate the story. They're, they're our guide through the broadcast, whether we want to admit it or not. It's not just the action that's in the ring or the promos that are going on. If you have, if your narrators are not helping you throughout that process, why am I watching your program? So, let me know. What do you think about the current state of wrestling announcing as a whole in uh, 2020? I want to get you guys' thoughts on that. Alright, let's transition to... This week in WWE, we're going to start off with SmackDown last week on Fox. Are you ready? You know what? I need to learn that song on the guitar, by the way. I want to check that one out. Uh, we had Friday Night SmackDown from Greensboro, North Carolina, home of my Uncle Jeremy, who I'll be hanging out and watching the Royal Rumble this weekend at his house. Uh, by the way, I wanted to send my condolences to the Rock and his family. Uh, the unfortunate passing to his dad, soul man Rocky Johnson, last week. Uh, it was very sad, man. Um, I talked about last week with uh, La Parka and Soul Man. Wrestling deaths always suck, but um, anyways, I thought SmackDown was a pretty cool show this week. Uh, we had the return of Team Hell No. Uh, bringing the fight to the the feed, we're building up to the strap match with Daniel Bryan and Bray Wyatt at the Royal Rumble. So it was nice to see Kane out there. Um, John Morrison and Big E had a pretty good match, in my opinion. Uh, it was nice to see Morrison back in the ring. I saw a lot of the evolution of John Morrison as a wrestler when he was in Lucha Underground and in uh, Impact Wrestling. So he's really tight. Uh, he's really uh, holding into a lot of different elements of how he wrestles in the ring. He's always been a tremendous athlete, but, you know, just looking at a match that he had right there with Big E on SmackDown last Friday, it was really, really good. Uh, the Usos took on a revival for a match. Usos picked victory on that end. Uh, we continuing the uh, love Possible love uh, dynamic with Manny Rose and Otis uh, Dosovich. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I get entertainment out of it. I don't know about you guys, but I enjoy what they do. Um, for whatever reason, Sasha Banks is in a, is living in her own bubble. Uh, I guess she's literally recording an actual rap album. I don't know if it's going to be good or not. She has a she's gorgeous. I'll always say that. <laughs> I, that is a beautiful woman, but her character and what she does, I I don't know. <laughs> Some people actually have the belief that she's like the Shawn Michaels of women's wrestling, and I don't know what you're seeing because running clotheslines and meteoras are not just the only thing you need to do in wrestling. So. Uh, we continue this feud with Lacey Evans and Bailey and Sasha Banks. Uh, Lacey attacked Sasha, attacked Sasha in the backstage area. Uh, Sasha apparently had an ankle injury, so Bailey would be taking her place. Lacey Evans defeated Bailey, uh, so Lacey Evans will be taking out Bailey this Sunday for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, I love Lacey Evans. I think she's the best uh, female superstar right now going on SmackDown Live. I wish they'd be doing a lot more with Alexa Bliss because when she's on her game, she's the best out of everybody on that entire roster as a character. And um, I I mentioned in the past, I would like to see Alexa Bliss as a heel against Lacey Evans as a babyface uh, for the SmackDown Women's title at WrestleMania. So I want to throw that out. I want to throw that out there. Um, what else really stood out to me? Um... You know, you had the main event. You got Roman Reigns and Robin Roode in a tables match, which was fine. That was a good match. Uh, you had uh, King Corbin, obviously, and Ziggler come run interference. Usos come in to make the save. Roman Reigns spears Robin Roode through a table in the corner to pick up the victory. Um, Roman Reigns decided that he will be fighting King Corbin in a false count anywhere match. 
this Sunday at the Royal Rumble. I keep saying I want Roman to like bring Corbin to where they had those damn buzzards and where they hide the cheating equipment in the Astros ballpark. I, I want to know. We want to know. We want to know. We want to know. <laughs> um. You know, I, I'm seeing on Twitter that some people are like, oh, it's just a foregone conclusion that Roman Reigns is going to win the Royal Rumble and he's going to bury the feed at WrestleMania. Let me ask you a question. So you win a, a world title in October, right? Let's say they do have Roman Reigns uh, defeat Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania, right? Would a, let's see, October, November, December, January, February, March, April, would a seven-month title reign and a loss of WrestleMania consider you being buried when you, the feed, never needed a world title in the first place? I'm just throwing it out there. Um, and think about it. They're in Tampa. Bray and Roman Reigns started their WWE careers in FCW together. I'm not saying that it's a guarantee that Roman Reigns is going to win on Sunday. I'll make my predictions in a little bit. But this notion that if Roman Reigns wins, Bray Wyatt's going to be buried at WrestleMania. I don't know about that hill I want to die on, but uh, whatever floats your boats, folks. Um... Other things really quick. Uh, I really enjoyed the Isaiah Swerve Scott uh, Raul Mendoza match from 205 Live. Um, let's talk about Monday Night Raw this week from Wichita, Kansas, the Intrust Bank Arena. Uh, we had the opening segment with Seth Rollins, uh, Buddy Murphy, and AOP. Uh, with Kevin Osamo joined the Viking Raiders. Uh, this led to Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy defeating uh, the Viking Raiders to become your brand new Raw Tag Team Champions. A really good match. Um, I was kind of surprised that Rollins and Murphy won the titles, not because AOP, AOP is a, a regular tag team that they should have the titles. It's just I was surprised they were going that quickly with that. I was expecting probably an eight-man tag team match for that particular Raw episode, but they decided to go for the tag titles, and uh, we'll see where that goes. Um, we had the Rey Mysterio, uh, Andrade Cien Almas ladder match for the U.S. title, which was a lot of fun. These guys could fight forever, as uh, Corey Graves said on the After the Bell podcast. Um, I love watching these guys wrestle. It's always nice to see Selena, Selena Vega on my TV. I will say that. <laughs> um, Andrade did retain. But we saw the return of Humberto Correo. And um, I don't know. Whatever, for whatever reason, Humberto seems to be the, the zane of uh, folks on wrestling Twitter. Shocker. Somebody in wrestling Twitter doesn't like another wrestler. Um, <laughs> Ricochet... Gave us what we were going to see if Ricochet fought Brock Lesnar for the Universal title at the Royal Rumble. I remember initially when Brock, when the announcement was made that Brock was going to be in the Royal Rumble. Oh, what do you mean? What do you mean Brock's going to be in the Rumble? Why can't you have Ricochet fight Brock Lesnar for the title? Brock Lesnar would beat Ricochet in five minutes. That segment I wrote just showed you everything that was going to happen realistically if Brock Lesnar fought Ricochet for the world title at Royal Rumble. So, what else stood out? Uh, Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre, I thought they had uh, probably the match of the night. In my opinion, just a really good pro wrestling match. Randy Orton won. No, actually, Drew McIntyre won via disqualification. Uh, thanks to the OC. The OC trying to make everything about themselves. Uh, I thought Becky's match with Kyrie Sane was all right. Uh, I mentioned Rollins and Murphy become the tag team champions. You know, something that was pretty funny on Raw this week was the uh, Monday after the weekend update. Uh, some elements of the Street Profits are kind of trolling certain aspects of the WWE, which is pretty funny. So uh, it's cool to see the Street Profits on TV. And then finally, we had uh, the main event. It was Lana and Lashley. Against Rusev and Liv, Liv, oh my god, <laughs> Liv, oh my god, Waterfall Morgan, um, yeah, they had a mixed tag match, it was, it was brief, Lana and Lashley did pick up the victory there, 
I don't know what the end game is for Rusev, Lana, and Lashley. These two are fighting to the cows go home. They're getting main event tied slots. I, I've i been an advocate for a few. Some people like it. Some people hate it. Uh, I really don't have an issue with it, to say the least. But um, for what it's worth, man, I, I really do enjoy it. It's, it's funny. Uh, I, I get cracked. I, I, I start chuckling every time I hear a lot of cut of promo. Um, I don't know. I enjoy it, but... I just don't know where the end game is, you know? Like, it'd be cool, like, Rooster gets a big pop if he eliminates Lashley. They're both in the Royal Rumble match this year, so we'll see what happens on Sunday. Uh, let's talk, let's go into the Pro Wrestling Report, and I'm going to be start making my predictions for NWA Hard Tides. That's going to be this uh, uh, section of the Pro Wrestling Report. Uh, by the way, Dave Marquez and Joe Galley, I don't know if you're listening or not, I respect you guys. You guys are fucking awesome. You add a tremendous element to this brand and this show. Oh, man. You guys are awesome. I just wanted to mention that really quick. NWA Power is a show you must watch every single week on YouTube. 6.05 Eastern Standard Time, which makes it 5.05 here in Chicago. Support that product. It's really, 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 really good. Um... Uh, NWA, uh, they do their show at the GPB Studios in Atlanta, Georgia. They got tapings for that event coming up on um, this weekend. Also, they got the Hard Times interview, which I'm going to be making predictions in a couple of seconds. So, with that being said, uh, let's talk about the matches we got here, right? So, we got the... Uh, return of the NWA World Television Championship. So we're going to be having a tournament. Uh, the first round matches are Tim Storm against Mr. Anderson, Ricky Starks against Matt Cross, Dan Bath from Ring of Honor against Nicky Dice, uh, the question mark against Trevor Murdoch. Uh, these, these are my picks for the first round. I'll go with Tim Storm, Ricky Starks, Zicky Dice, and Trevor Murdoch. So that's the first one. Um, second round, I'll go with Tim Storm defeating Ricky Starks, uh, Trevor Murdoch defeating Ziggy Dice, and then I had Tim Storm becoming your new NWA World Television Champion. So that's my prediction for that tournament. Um, Rock and Roll Express with their World Tag Team titles on the line against Eli Drake and Jade Storm against the Wild Cards. I can see some shenanigans going out here, so I'll probably go with the Wild Cards to regain their World Tag Team titles. Uh, don't be surprised if either Eli Drake or Jade Storm turn on each other. By the way, Eli Drake and Jade Storm had a fantastic promo on Power this week. You guys need to check that out. And if you guys haven't seen what Aaron Stevens, the former Damian Sandow, has, has been doing on NWA, you are truly missing out. That dude is, uh, that dude is hilarious, man. Uh, speaking of Stevens, he's putting his NWA third degree national championship on the line against Scott Steiner. Um, I got Stevens retained here. I don't see big pop and pop winning. Uh, Allison K against Thunder Rosa for the NWA World's Women's Championship. Uh, Allison K retains here, and then finally the main event: Nick Aldis against Flip Gordon. Uh, it's a interpromotional match. We have NWA versus Ring of Honor. Hopefully, you get to see the villain again uh, soon because he did a sit-down interview with Stu Bennett after the Into the Fire pay-per-view, and we haven't seen much from uh, the villain since. So. Uh, hopefully we get to see him. He's taking on Nick, the world champion. He's taking on a member of Villain Enterprises. So that should be a fun match. I haven't had a chance to um, transcribe a Flip Gordon match in a while. Uh, I just haven't been catching up with the Ring of Honor product, and I haven't felt like I needed to. That's just how I feel about their company right now. You see what's going on the the bubble right now. Uh, all the news with Joe Koff and the um, I guess some affair went down with Kelly Clyde and uh, BJ Whitmer, and it's all over the place. Joey Mercury is going off the rails like he usually does on social media. It's just it's just a sad state of affairs because they got a lot of great wrestlers, and I I enjoy guys like Jonathan Gresham and 
Jay Lethal, uh, Matt Haven, the list goes on and on. Uh, Quinn McKay's pretty good looking, I'll say that. But like, regardless, like I, I just. I'm just bummed out by Ring of Honor, and it's, it's really fortunate because you think about it, going into WrestleMania season last year, we had the joint Ring of Honor New Japan show, the G1 Supercard at Madison Square Garden, an awesome event, right? And I would say it's all Matt Tame's fault, but you had really the opportunity to strike when the iron's hot with Marty Scroll uh, winning the title there. But I think, in looking back now in hindsight, I think that that decision didn't go that way because Marty's friends with the Bucks and the Elite, right? And I think Marty got the Triple H treatment. He was a sacrificial lamb for those guys in the Elite, kind of turned their back on Ring of Honor to uh, start AEW. And I think that's unfortunate. So um, that's just my opinion. Um, anyways, let's move on. Humana, humana, humana. So I made my predictions for NWA Power. No, actually, NWA Hard Tides. Shout out to Dusty Rhodes. Talk about the hard times. The hard times. All right, I'll move on. <laughs> um, Let's talk about what went down on the Wednesday Night Wars, shall we? We had AEW taking part of the Chris Jericho Rocket Ranger at sea. Um I'm happy for Chris Jericho. The guy's making money out of his ass. This dude uh, is a world champion. He has his own crew. He announced that they're having the third one next year in February. Uh... AEW said they're going to be taping a live edition of Dynamite in uh, in the Jericho Cruise next year, which is pretty cool. But they had a nice setup. I just don't know why everybody was trying to have their best Goldberg entrance. I don't know what's up with the sparklers for every single entrance that was going on. Uh, that probably wasn't fun for the wrestlers or the announcers either. So let's start off with this. The AEW World Tag Team title match was SU against Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. Really good match. Uh, Hangman Page and Kenny Omega are your new AEW World Tag Team champions. Like the match. A lot of fun. I think the only reason why I don't like what's going on here with these guys is that I think I just think the writing on the wall is that Hangman Page is joining the Dark Order, and that does absolutely nothing for me. I don't care about the Dark Order, or as Jim Cornette calls them, the Dark Order. It's just not good. <laughs> it's just not good. Uh, but I, I like I like the match a lot. I want I want to make that clear for people. Uh, you're just trashy AEW. No, it was a good match. I I enjoyed it. I just don't like. <laughs> The fact that Heyman Page is going to be joining the Dark Order, I just don't. And so, let me get this straight. You lose to Chris Jericho in the first pay-per-view, right? And then you end up... So you end up basically going down a rabbit hole because you were kind of like taking a break for the Elite and then now you want to join the Dark Order because you could handle losing to Chris Jericho on a pay-per-view. I, I understand uh, that he, Paige could be a heel by himself, but why does he need to be with the Dark Order? That I don't know. Uh, Britt Baker defeated Priscilla Kelly, then proceeded to cut probably the worst promo of the year so far, but it's nice to see Britt Baker on television as always. Uh, we had the Inner Circle taking on Jurassic Express in a six-man tag team match. While I enjoyed certain aspects of this match, I thought it was way, way too long and way too much of an emphasis on Marco's stunt. Um, also, I need to know, going back to what I mentioned earlier from the commentary point of view, are we going to call Jungle Boy Jungle Boy or Jack Perry? I, we need to make up our mind on this because it's throwing me off. I, trust me, I don't feel like typing out Jungle Boy every five seconds when it comes to the articles. It, it doesn't look good. In my opinion, just looking back at my articles, but <laughs> uh, we need uh, we need to figure out what we're going to call Jungle Boy Go For It because it's throwing me off. Jr., I get it. You want to call him Jungle Jack Jack Perry? 
we all get it, trust me. Uh, but Jericho and Santana Ortiz defeated uh, the Jurassic Express. It really took Chris Jericho to take false finishes from Marco Stunt and deliver the Judas effect when he could just beat him with a co-breaker or walls of Jericho. He needed he needed to go down to his deepest, harshest move to put away Marco Stunt. Think about that. Uh, we had MJF against Joey Janela, or as Joe Cornette would say, Jelly Janela. Um, good match. Uh, I think people sleep on how good MJF is as an actual wrestler. Not only is he just a, a fantastic bad guy, he's really good at what he does in the ring. So I enjoy watching him wrestle. And then finally, we had the main event. It was John Moxley and Pac. The winner of that match will be taking out Chris Jericho for the AEW World Title at AEW Revolution. Kind of sucks that that pay-per-view already sold out because I was actually thinking about going to that show. Um, I just never had people to bring me out to, like, uh, Hoffman Estates because that's where they had the Sears Center Arena. It's not Chicago. It's it's the Hoffman Estates. It's it's a little bit past where they have the WWE shows at the Allstate Arena. So, like, I haven't had a chance to attend any of the AEW shows they've been here for Chicago. I think it's been three already. <laughs> the, the Revolution show will be the fourth. So, um... I wanted to go to the show, but like, fuck it, it already sold out. It's C2E2 weekend, and wanted something to do, but it kind of sucks. I won't be able to attend that period. But, anyways, good main event for John Moxley and Pac. John Moxley did end up winning with the Death Rider. Um, by the way, I, I call it the Death Rider on my website. They call it the Paradise Shift on AEW. I, I just think Death Rider is a cooler name. <laughs> But uh, John Moxie will be taking out Chris Jericho at AEW Revolution for the world title. And it was a good main event. So, with all that being said, I thought uh, Dynamite was a pretty solid episode on a rock and, wrestler, uh, rock and wrestling rager at sea. Pretty cool visual for those who are attending that event. And, um, yeah, I, I thought Dynamite was solid last night. Uh, NXT, uh, we had the semifinals of the Dusty Rhodes uh, Tag Team Classic Tournament. Uh, we saw the Grizzled Young Veterans, my favorite tag team right now besides the Usos. Uh, they defeated the Undisputed Era. They sued Distraction via Imperium. We are building up this massive Worlds Collide show, or as I call it, Barn Burners Collide, <laughs> uh, this Saturday on the WWE Network. But uh, also see my guys, uh, Gibson and Drake, uh, picking up victories and, and just absolutely... Pokey fun at the folks at Full Sail University. We also saw Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle defeat Imperium in a very good match as well. Um, I didn't know Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle was the tag team that I needed in 2020, but I do appreciate what they do. They're, they are a lot of fun to watch, so it was nice seeing the wrestle. Uh, Tony Storm uh, battle Io Shirai. That ended up in a disqualification because Bianca Belair is all about Bianca Belair, right? So this leads to a big old Donnie Brook. Uh, Rhea Ripley comes down to ring. There's dives. There's topes. There's everything going on. But we, yeah, we saw Tony Storm holding the NXT Women's title. Um, we heard comments from Ilya Dragunov uh, ahead of his match with Finn Balor. Uh, we saw Shaded Baser had a pretty solid match with Shotzi Blackheart. Uh, Shaded Baser won via submission. We're going to get Tegan Knox against Dakota Kai next week on XC, so that should be pretty cool. And then the last two I wanted to mention here before we move on uh, to the Rumble and Worlds Collide. Uh, we had the main event, Roderick Strong and Keith Lee for the NXT North American Championship. Awesome match. I think this is probably my match of the week so far for uh, the Wednesday Night Wars is Keith Lee and Roderick Strong. Uh, Keith Lee is your brand new NXT North American Champion in a fantastic match. So, uh, pretty solid night of wrestling for both shows, uh, as usually the case is with NXT and AEW. I'm sure we'll expand in more thoughts about that on Hood and Lopez this week. So, I uh, just wanted to say uh, shout out to NXT and AEW for uh, delivering some good wrestling last night. All right, let's move on. Let's get to these predictions because I know you guys are excited to um, listen to the thoughts of Derrico this week. And um, I'm excited to listen to it too, actually. I haven't had a chance to listen to it. Um, all right, let's make some predictions real quick before we head out of here. 
Um, we'll start off with Worlds Collide. We have Mia Yim and Kaylee Ray on the kickoff show. Going to go with Kaylee Ray on that one. DIY against Mustache Mountain. This one's going to be an absolute, like I said, barn burner of barn burners. Um, I'd probably say that DIY wins this one. Um, it should be a fantastic match. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I am going with uh, DIY to defeat Mustache Mountain. I have Angel Garza retaining his Cruiserweight title over Swerve Scott, Jordan Devlin, and Travis Banks. That should be a fun match as well. I got uh, Finn Balor defeating Ilya Dragunov. Um, I don't know. Here's the thing. I I, I kind of wonder if XUK is going to win any of these matches on Saturday. Honestly, this, this show on Saturday has not a lot to do with storylines. It's just, you know, NXT versus XUK. That's the premise of the show. So you're just having awesome matches with these two brands going after each other, right? Um I like. I wouldn't be surprised if Ilya Dragunov defeated Finn Balor, but I don't see Rhea. I don't see Tony Storm defeating Rhea Ripley, so I have her retain the NXT Women's Title, and then Undisputed Era against Imperium. I don't know. <laughs> That's the thing. I I don't know. Um, I probably say the Undisputed Era wins that one too. So. Either way, I, I can see any of these matches go in a different direction. I mean, Mustache Mouth could probably be, uh, could defeat DIY. I'm not sure. So, NXT could probably win all the matches. Maybe NXT UK steals a couple one here and there, but we'll see what happens. That's my predictions for Worlds Collide. I am, I am really excited for that event on Saturday. That's going to be a lot of fun to transcribe. And then finally, we got the Royal Rumble, pal. The Royal Rumble. 30 people throwing each other over the top rope. There will be 58 total eliminations in between the two Rumble matches. There's some stats from you uh, for the student of the game. Um, we got the World Rumble live this Sunday at Minute Maid Park in Houston, Texas. We have Andrade Siamas putting his U.S. title on the line against Humberto Carrillo. I have Andrade retaining with help from Selena Vega. Uh, Sheamus and Chad Gable. If th- if this is the first match of the main show, uh, I'm down for that. That'd be a lot of fun. I am going with Sheamus to defeat Chad Gable, but that's going to be a fun match nonetheless. I have Lacey Evans defeating Bailey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, this is going to be a good match. I am going with Lacey Evans for the win on that end. Uh, Becky retains over Asuka in a very grueling match. If, if this is me, I'd probably have Becky and Asuka in between one of the Rumble matches. Um, Roman Reigns and King Corbin in a false call anywhere match. I got Roman winning this one. Uh, Bray Wyatt and Daniel Bryan. This probably be the match before the main event, the strap match. Uh, we got... I got the feed retaining, right? I mean, there there could be a chance that Daniel Bryan wins. I would say... That it's it's impossible that Bray uh, that Danny Bryan can 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 win that match. I, I'm curious. What, would you be surprised if Danny Bryan defeated uh, defeated at Royal Rumble? Let's look back at it in history. Six years ago, Bray Wyatt defeated Danny Bryan in the at the Royal Rumble. Right? Man, I can't believe that six years ago. Fuck, because <laughs> that that's when Punk quit. Right? Wow. Six years went by that fast. Wow, it's crazy. Yeah, so I got I got the feed retained over Dana Bryan. That should be an awesome match. Well, th- this is a pretty good card for the Royal Rumble if you think about it. Not only you have the Rumble matches, I was talking about this with Derek earlier. You have with with the two Rumble matches, you have a real possibility to see out multiple WrestleMania matches, which obviously the goal you would want in any type of Rumble match. Not only do you have the winner who gets the main event slot, right? But you also have uh, you have the element of people turning on each other. I remember, uh, what was it? Um, Kurt Angle cost Brock Lesnar the Royal Rumble, right? And then, no, Kurt Angle cost Shawn Michaels the Royal Rumble. They fought at WrestleMania 21. Uh, I remember Brock Lesnar costing Goldberg. Royal Rumble in the Ruthless Aggression era. 
these have been all the time. Hell, Rey Mysterio eliminated Randy Orton to win the Royal Rumble, and Randy Orton was so pissed about it that he went under, he went to dirt, dastardly deeds to get himself in that triple threat match with him, Rey Mysterio, and Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 22. So, it happens all the time. Um, yeah, I mean, Brock Lesnar eliminated Goldberg at the Royal Rumble in 2017 as well. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens for these Rumble matches. Let's start off with the ladies, because ladies always go first, right? Uh, we'll go here. I have Alexa Bliss winning the Women's Royal Rumble match. You heard that correctly. I'm going with the goddess to win the Women's Royal Rumble match. Not only will she turn on Nikki Cross, but Alexa Bliss will win the Women's Royal Rumble match. I'm excited for that. Uh, as far as surprises are concerned, I'm not really going out on a limb on that. I kind of want this to... I want it to happen as it happens. Um, believe it or not, I think more of the surprises, if you will, for the Rumble match will happen uh, in the women's match as opposed to the men's match because there's like... I don't know, like four or five slots left, and I heard they're still, they gotta put people from NXT. They probably gotta add Miz and Morrison, and I, I just don't know who, what other surprises you're gonna have for the men's matches, you know? I, I just, unless they're adding extra slots to it, I, I just don't see it happening, so um, expect probably more surprises in the women's match. Um, for the men's match, man. This could go many different ways. Could somebody have a Maven moment and eliminate Brock Lesnar? Can somebody actually do that? I don't know. That's the entry with the Rumble. What is going to happen? Who's going to be two, number two? I, I say it's Kofi Kingston. I don't say Kofi Kingston's going to win the Rumble. But who comes out at number two? It could be Kofi. Just throwing it out there. Uh, who's winning the Royal Rumble, guys? Well, man, after a lot of deliberation, and I've been thinking about this for the last four to five weeks, I believe that Kevin Owens is winning the Royal Rumble in Houston. That's right. I have Kevin Owens defeating Seth Rollins at the end to win the Royal Rumble match. The Beast will take on Kevin Owens at WrestleMania for the WWE title, and Seth Rollins will have to find somebody new to fight in his journey of continuing to be the Monday Night Messiah. So, I got Kevin Owens winning the Royal Rumble this Sunday on the WWE Network. On that note, we're going to wrap it up. I'm excited for the Rumble and World's Clyde. I hope you guys are excited for as well, make sure to check out NWA Hard Tides as well on pay-per-view uh, tomorrow. As always, you can see all my transcripts for all these big, big events on ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. Make sure to check out my appearances on Hood and Lopez Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday on Spotify. And as always, make sure to subscribe to the show. Leave us a four five-star rating. And I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Please leave us an honest review for the show. Remember, folks, be the authentic product that is yourself. My name is Josh Lopez. We're down now to 10 episodes. Episode 190 will be next week. We'll recap the Royal Rumble and all that fun stuff. And, folks, we're getting closer to 200. We're getting there. We are. So, with that said, I'm Joshy. You can follow me on Twitter at The Hoots Podcast. I'm on Instagram, Lopez 94 and at Josh Lopez Music. Hope you guys enjoyed episode 189 of the Hoots Podcast. And with that said, enjoy the rubble. And now it's time for the thoughts of Derko. You're welcome, man. And now, the thoughts of Derrico. Listen well, man. Welcome, welcome, one and all, to what will undoubtedly be the most important segment of the new decade. It is The Thoughts of Derrico, featuring the one, the only, Brother Carter. So glad to be back and to be able to share my perils of wisdom with all of you. I apologize for not getting an episode up 
are getting a segment up this year so far. It's been a crazy year with vacations and all that stuff, but I am back. I am ready to go and ready to lead the Hoots podcast into a new millennium with the thoughts of Derrico. So uh, I want to just talk about a couple things, and then we'll get into the meat and potatoes of today's thoughts of Derrico, which is my Royal Rumble match predictions. Uh, and the first thing I want to talk about is I'm really thrilled about a couple of things that I saw on Raw this past week, a few days ago. Number one was the Monday after weekend update segment. That was awesome. And the Street Profits prove once again why they're incredibly entertaining and will always have a job with the company because they're able to do take a gimmick and make everybody laugh, make jokes about it. It was awesome. So let's definitely get some more of that. Also, the biggest thing I'm really, really excited about uh, in the that I've been seeing over the last couple of weeks is Buddy Murphy joining Seth Rollins' group. I think that was brilliant when they set that up two weeks ago. And then doing more of that this week, you know, he's just coming out of a feud with Aleister Black. He needs something new. The company obviously sees something in Buddy Murphy, so they're pairing him with Rollins in the AOP, and I think it's great. And now he's a tag team champion, which is pretty cool. And I'm sure the AOP, which is a legitimate tag team, is absolutely thrilled about the fact that two other members of their group are tag team champions. Just saying, could be potential for some a split down the road for some tension because all groups eventually break up. So we'll see what happens with that. But I love what they're doing with Buddy Murphy. Definitely want to see more of that. I had a chance to check out AEW Dynamite this past week, and the geniuses on the boat, I think, forgot to remember that they were on television and that it's a TV-14 show. And so the censor should get a raise for having to drop all those F-bombs that the crowd was chanting to Britt Baker and to, you know, throughout the night. Uh, I think, uh, I want to say Pac got some by the end of the night, uh, or Moxley or something like that. Um, in the main event, there was definitely some of that too. And there's, there's a, throughout the night, there was some F-bombs dropped by the geniuses on Chris Jericho's Rock and Rage cruise. But, so, it was what it was. Some great action this week. Looking forward to Moxley and Jericho at uh, Revolution, which... Coincidentally, hopefully does not conflict with Lethal Leap Year, but you know we'll just see what happens with that. AEW missed out on an opportunity to, opportunity to do something with Lethal Leap Year or something along those lines because, I mean, I think that concept would be great. But anyways, great uh, action from AEW Dynamite this week. Uh, the crowd chanting along to Jericho's theme song was pretty cool, actually. Uh, that's a really great theme song, Judas uh, from Fozzie. So great stuff there. Okay, to close out this week's episode of The Thoughts of Derrico, I'm going to just quickly run down my predictions for the predictions, if you will. Uh, I had to use predictions because we're in limbo with that. Uh, just quickly running down my predictions for the the Rumble that is Royal uh, coming up this Sunday on pay-per-view. Should be a great event. A very, at least from my perspective, I don't really know what's going to happen, which is good. It means that... It means that there's an op- it means that we could be surprised, which I think is pretty cool. So let's run down the card real quick. Let's see what we got. We're going to start off with Shorty G versus Sheamus. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take Sheamus in this one. Uh, Shorty G's been doing some good work recently, but Sheamus coming back in full force, really solidifying his comeback uh, to after being away from injury. So I'm going to take Sheamus in what I, d- uh, I definitely think will be a good match and one that I am looking forward to. Okay, United States Championship match. Andrade versus Humberto Carrillo. Uh, we have two, you know, two superstars not from the United States competing for the United States Championship, which is pretty cool. Uh, I'm going to take Andrade to retain. Uh, I think that he's been doing terrific work, especially in his program with Rey Mysterio as of late. So he, they have no reason to take the title off of him at this point. So I'm going to take Andrade to retain. I think it's going to be a great match as both of these guys can absolutely go. It's going to be an incredible match. Might steal the show the, uh, for the evening. So it's going to be a great match. Going to take Andrade to retain, but retain, but definitely be paying attention to that one because it's going to be awesome. We got the Falls Count Anywhere match between Roman Reigns and King Corbin. I'm actually going to take King Corbin in this, and there's a reason for that, which we will talk about a little bit later in the evening. But... I'm going to take King Corbin to retain here simply for the fact, or to win the match, simply for the fact because I think it's going to have an effect on what happens in a match that I'm going to talk about a little bit later. 
SmackDown Women's Championship match, Bailey versus Lacey Evans. Again, I'm going to take Bailey to retain here. I, I don't. She's doing great work. I don't see any reason to take the title off of her just yet. However, she has been. Uh, Lacey Evans has been fantastic as she always has been. However, definitely think that Bailey retains here because uh, I think that they're going to want to set her up for something big going into Mania season. Same thing with the Raw Women's Championship match, Becky Lynch versus Asuka. I'm going to take Becky Lynch to retain. However, I am so thrilled that Asuka is finally getting a chance to compete in a singles match on one of the major pay-per-views. A few years ago, she threw down against Charlotte Flair in New Orleans for WrestleMania 34 when Charlotte ended the streak, and I want to see more of that. I love Asuka. I've been a huge fan of hers ever since her days in NXT, and now her absolutely psychotic character is so good. Like, I love psychotic Asuka. I think it's fantastic, and... I don't know if there'll be some sort of shenanigans they're going to try to get with Kairi Sane. But with Asuka and Kairi Sane holding the Women's Tag Team Championship belts and Becky Lynch wanting to collect her final debt going forward into Mania season, I'm going to take Becky Lynch to retain here. And it's what's going to be a great match, and I'm very much looking forward to it. Okay, we have the Universal Championship Strap Match. We have The Fiend, Bray Wyatt versus Daniel Bryan. Honestly, I think The Fiend retains here. I I don't think any of the championships change hands here at the Royal Rumble this year. I'm going to say that The Fiend Bray Wyatt retains because they're going to want to keep the Universal Championship on him going up into Mania season. Because he coming in as Universal Champion could have an amazing entrance at WrestleMania. It's going to be a great match. I'm sure there'll be some sort of shenanigans going along. But I'm going to take The Fiend Bray Wyatt to retain his title going forward. And then he will be the champion going into WrestleMania. But who will he face? We're going to talk about that right now. Well, minor spoiler. But first, I'm going to talk about the Women's Royal Rumble match. Obviously, it's going to be a wonderful match. Uh, As always, the last two have been awesome with Asuka and Becky Lynch getting the wins. This year, I'm taking the queen, Charlotte Flair, to become the Royal Rumble winner so that she can add Royal Rumble winner to her resume as 2020 marks the year of the queen. So I definitely think that she is going to take her she's going to take her place as a Royal Rumble winner this year. And the reason I say that is mostly because I don't know who else you could put in that spot right now. If I'm thinking about the women's divisions, the only other person would maybe be Tony Storm, kind of a a dark horse pick from NXT, but she would be my dark horse pick. But other than that, I really don't know who's going to win the women's Royal Rumble match. That's why I'm going to take Charlotte. I feel it's a fail, it's a safe pick. And she can finally get her Royal Rumble win. So I'm taking Charlotte Flair to be the women's Royal Rumble winner. Now we get to the men's Royal Rumble match. And this is one where I just, I I have no idea who's going to win this match. That being said, I've been thinking about this for, uh, throughout the week. And because I took King, Cor- well, I actually think that Roman Reigns is going to win the Royal Rumble this year. Because who else are you going to put in there? You know, there's really nobody else that's being primed for that Royal Rumble spot, unless they're going to go with somebody from NXT as a dark horse pick. But I think what's going to happen, you know, Brock Lesnar's entering at one. Whoever, whoever, Brock Lesnar is going to get eliminated by somebody from Raw, and that's going to set up the championship match at WrestleMania. I'm going to go, if the person that eliminates him might be Randy Orton. In fact, I'm going to say that Randy Orton eliminates Brock Lesnar, and then you have Orton versus Lesnar at Mania for the WWE Championship. And then I think Roman Reigns is going to win the Royal Rumble and is going to challenge the Fiend Bray Wyatt for WrestleMania. Uh, Dark Horse pick, if I had to pick a Dark Horse pick, it would be Randy Orton. Um, Another Dark Horse pick you could potentially go with is somebody from NXT like a Finn Balor or something like that. But I think it's going to be Roman Reigns is going to be the winner of the 2020 Men's Royal Rumble match. And that is my predictions for Royal Rumble. It's going to be a great... A great, great uh, card this weekend and something that I'm very, very, very much looking forward to. My final thought has to do with the NFL playoffs, and I cannot wait to see Andy Reid finally get his Super Bowl in Miami in a couple weeks. This has been The Thoughts of Derrico. You're smarter now, man.